0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas LeHuang, and you're listening to the Teal Podcast, where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously.
1: Hey, mate. Ready for a hey. reading.
0: Sorry, guys, but I'm going to have a glass. For this book reading, it, it does help.
1: <laughs> this bloody chapter, it does. It's,
2: it's needed. It's very needed.
0: Oh, it not me. <laughs> uh, no wonder for this one. All right, so let's let's dig into it. Right, rule number seven. Oh, by Jordan Peterson. Rule number seven: Pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. What yep. did you get,
1: Chris? <laughs> well, oh, but For starters, I felt like I was back at school in my religion class. Seriously, he bangs on about God and religion almost all the way through the chapter. Right. Um, it, it just, again, nails home how very much similar this book is to the Stoics that we went through. Um, why are you shaking your head, Ken?
3: Because you could read the Stoics.
1: It, 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 it's true, mate. That's true. The Stoics were very easy to compared to this. Mate, I, and I think you guys know I've been actually listening to the book because I don't get enough time to sit down and actually read
0: the chapter. Yeah, we have <laughs> listening to the condensed version.
1: <laughs> no, 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 I don't think so because it's an hour, that chapter is an hour and a half, just that chapter, and I listened to it twice so I could still get a sort of gist of what he was bloody saying. Um, mate, basically it's what... What he's saying in a nutshell is don't do what's easy. Um, you have the, the sacrifices we make today will pay off tomorrow. So you can't expect immediate results like losing weight, saving money, building a company, whatever it may be, uh, learning a book. Um, you've got to put the hours in and to get the rewards later. And if you don't put them in now, someone will pay, whether it's, Someone else or yourself will pay later on. So whatever you don't do today, you will pay for later on. So if you don't, if you overeat now or don't exercise now, you'll carry that weight a bit later. If you don't save your money now, you'll be struggling a little bit later on, and so forth. So I think, in a nutshell, that's sort of what I got out of it. There are a lot of bits and pieces that go into it about how we can look at it, different aspects of religion and politics and so forth. But I think, in a condensed version of an air- that's probably what I got the most out of it.
0: No, I think that's it. Uh, that's done for the chapter. Thanks very mate, much. <laughs> <Goodbye>. <laughs>
1: Thanks, guys.
0: <laughs> oh,
3: my God.
0: Chris, so, first- your, your camera is moving all the time, Chris. Going to have to uh, stop uh, touching that table of yours, man. Told you. Get your stomach off it, mate.
1: <laughs> it's my man that's boobs. All- <laughs>
3: He was in it. Looks like you're in a Melbourne earthquake, mate. Every time you laugh, so he talks. <laughs> of, oh, we've lost Chris.
2: He's gone. What's in that
3: water, mate?
0: Yeah. It's oh, not yeah. it's vodka.
3: It's vodka. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: so he he talks in the beginning about sacrificing and not chasing the cheap thrill because often chasing the cheap thrill leads you to doing things the wrong way, using lies, deceit, and whatever else to get what you're chasing. Um, it's a fairly common theme that the we call it paying the price, or TL, you call it paying the price in your leadership manuals to to be really successful in life or to get what you really want. You need to pay the price, um, which is giving up today's, you know, five-minute pleasures for the bigger picture. Um he talks about that if all you can see in your future and all the things you are chasing are, um, cheap thrills. Then you might need to look at your values and change your values because your values will determine exactly what it is you are chasing. Um, but I think, I think the most relevant to today's world, and especially some of the generations we we've got that we hire now with younger and younger people is the, um, the concept of actually having you can't have it all at once you can't have it all now you can't have it all in the next five minutes and that you know, we're in real estate and it's very very common for staff to tell us their goal is to buy a house but the same staff will spend four hundred dollars on a weekend going out and partying when they could um you know the same staff will spend money on cars and, and everything impossible to take away from their house deposit so it's about trying to get people to understand that you, you can't
0: have it all without some sort of sacrifice. Yeah, but what if they can bring that future closer? Because uh, the first 12 pages, he talks about delayed gratification. I get it. But then the, the, uh, that young person who's listening to you now, what about
3: having a little bit of that now? Well, it depends, again, on your values and what you're actually chasing. You can delay the.
0: You're sound, man. Chris, you're on mute, mate.
3: Sorry,
1: mate.
0: Yeah, that's
3: the best way. It's the best way for him. (laughs)
1: Um, Stop shaking. Shut up. I can't help it. It's the table. I'll move after this session. I'll move. Um, I think one of the things about that delayed gratification in society now, we make it so easy for the younger generation or make it easy for everyone to have everything now. You know, 24 months interest free credit cards for people as as soon as they turn 18, parents that give their kids whatever they want. I remember as a kid, man, we had one car, one TV, and you caught the bus if you needed to go to the shops. Um, And we walked everywhere, or rode our bike. I mean, I think society in general has made it easier for everyone to look past that delayed gratification. It's an instant society. And it's not, I don't think it's our kids fault. It's society's fault that we're not teaching our kids to delay their gratification, so it's us,
0: really. It's our fault because think we.
1: So I think so. I think we're building the rod for our own back by not helping our kids to see. You know what? You want the car? That's fine. You can go and get it all on finance. But then, or you can save for twelve months or whatever and whatever else and and so forth and so forth. It's our jobs to teach that.
3: I don't think it's so, just the kids either. We don't want to be too hard on them because no,
1: absolutely, I'm, mate, I'm, like the, the general, I'm the
3: same. I'm the same. Like, yeah, I want all the. I got big plans for the future. 50- You're still the kid. We're not
0: talking about you, we're talking about your parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's a different thing.
1: <laughs> You're right though, mate. You're right. No, Anyone you can, can walk into Harvey Norman You're and get
3: no that. Choice. Yeah, but it is, there's still adults, there's still people of your generation that are like that now. There's still, you know, um, and they're they're generally oh shit, touch, don't hate me. They're generally the people that buy a lotto ticket every week, aren't they? Because they they want to be rich, but they'll spend their money on um everything that except getting rich you know which is mm. yeah um
2: it's it's an interesting concept though because he does keep going back to it through the whole chapter this delayed gratification and I battled with it a little bit throughout the chapter because of the world that we're in everything is so accessible everything is so easy so we know because we've come up through generations of you know having like chris said one car one tv you know, there was no Netflix. You couldn't pick what you wanted to watch when you wanted to watch it. It was you we're watch, on channels. You watched we're Channel 7 them. and you had to look at the paper TV guide to figure out what you were going to watch and highlight it and when you wanted to watch it. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was an interesting thing to think, well, how, like, there is still ways that we can pass that through to these generations, but there's so much coming at them that is easy. So it's a matter of teaching them you know, the things that they need to work for and the things that they do need to delay that. Like you can't just click your fingers and buy a house. It doesn't work that way. You can click your fingers and buy a TV because you, like Chris said, you can go in and get your interest free and do all of that. But there's bigger bigger picture things that need that delayed gratification.
3: I was about to say, one, I was going to say, I prefer late night SBS over Channel 7 and NBN. But um, <laughs> it almost like at the moment, the way interest rates are going and the way they're lending money you almost can buy a house at the click of your fingers now they they government's guaranteeing the deposit for first home buyers they're they're not yep there is no emphasis from anyone anywhere on actually putting some money aside and working towards something every every new bill every new policy that comes out of the government is aimed at making life easier for people to get things that if they just put their head down and went to work they'd be able to have anyway so i don't think no one's doing it any favors. It's parents of one thing, but I mean, if the government starts paying your house deposit for you, then Jesus, that's well, not your parents' fault, is it?
2: Every business is looking for ways to make things easier for people and quicker for people, so that their turnover becomes faster and quicker. I
3: don't want to make it quicker for them. The longer they can't afford well, let's stuff, go go.
0: let's go back to the book. What, what do you guys make of the uh, Abel and Cain story? And from that he goes to Jesus story, right? So, 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 how do? Why is that in there? Fuck no. Probably because
3: I think you mentioned it. You mentioned it earlier off air, Thomas, because of the uh, uh, audience that he's appealing to, which is heavily American, heavily religious.
0: So, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, I think that there is a reason that he's put it in there, though.
1: Look, the story—the story with story Cain and Abel is that you know work hard, you'll you know you'll get my praise and so forth. And, and one worked hard and got God's praise, and the other one worked hard and didn't get as much praise from God. But they both worked equally as hard. And he's saying the mindset and the belief behind one of them was well. The, the story goes that the mindset and the belief behind one of them that was working hard to achieve something better was greater than the other person. And he's saying so. you not only the work, but you need to believe in what you're doing. You need to have that. Faith in what you're doing
0: that's going to improve stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I I, personally saw that, you know, all these Sintai book is about life is very hard. Life is a lot of pain and suffering. And so I think the introduction of the uh, Abel and Cain it is a story about one person now turning towards evil and one person turning towards inflicting pain on somebody else. Um, because out of revenge, resentment, or anger. And I think that that's, it's not difficult to what we have right now in our society where you have people who have and people who have less and who are now jealous of what they don't have. And therefore, there is that side in them that is also coming out. You know. So he's saying at the beginning, delay the gratification. He's also then now starting to talk about yeah, there's people who are going to do better, but you don't have to sell yourself to evil. You don't have to go down in your ways in order to either make it even or get your ways. You don't have to break your rules. And so he then he contrasted that story with Jesus, who and and, and the story that he had with Jesus is the, the 40 days in the desert, which were about the same thing as the 40 years uh, of uh, the uh, Israeli... In the uh, when they fled uh Egypt. And, and and what he's talking is that hold on, he he's a he's a man who is also being tempted by Satan, by the, the devil. And even though he, he's suffering, he's going through pain and he's doing that, he doesn't do the uh, Cain thing on uh, uh Abel, right? And even at the time when that Satan is saying to him, All right, why don't you just go to the edge and, and jump? Because if your God is that strong, he'll help you. And I think that there was that line in there where it says, well, I'm not even going to tempt him, you know? And, and so he said, it is possible to go through that level where we inflicting, we, we have the, uh, the ability to inflict pain onto others, to get our ways, steal, rob, kill, or we can refrain ourselves from that and find a better ways of doing it. How That's how I see that one. And then afterwards, afterwards where does he go? He goes into Nietzsche, Cal Yang, yeah. So so I was actually going to rely on Chris for that bit. So <laughs> what's what is that bit about Nietzsche?
1: Um, up, man. seriously. Why you always me- Megan? I'll throw that. We one know you're here.
3: reading dot points off an audible book, mate.
1: Oh shit. You just had said admitted it earlier. I listen to Audible. I don't read dot points off Audible.
3: I think Megan's been reading the chapter for four days, so she'll have a lot of our insights.
2: I still struggled to finish it. I must say, my delayed gratification was just getting to the end of the chapter, and then I was happy. But um, oh, I don't know. I think it was at about that point that I thought... Like, I started to almost backtrack at a certain point when I was reading it, because I'm thinking...
3: Have I well, missed
2: something? <laughs> no, not that I'd missed something, but it was—it's just not like, yeah, it was—it's a new, new thing to me. But I do remember last time at this. I remember feeling like it was in the middle of the book that it got so heavily religious. But uh, I don't know. I don't. Re- I can't really answer it. So, Chris, unless you've got anything. So,
1: look, I think that what Nietzsche was trying to say that by the time he come around, I think it was like four or 500 years later after Christianity, right? Uh, Christianity has gone through so many changes that as men do, they, they had manipulated the story to suit themselves. And what he was saying was that that now men have used Christianity as a pretense to get what they want. Yeah. Whether it was, you know, yeah. your suffering is going to help our church by you paying money and so forth and so forth. Um I that's what he's trying to get at, which is not anything different than where we are living today. I mean, all religion that I know of um, have basically got their hand out one way or another to support themselves. Uh, yes, they give back and they do some work, but religion from where it was, from its concept to where it is today is completely different. We're reading books that have gone through so many changes. It's just not what it was. Um, to the yeah. fact that You know, they say, you need to go to church to be with God. That's bullshit. God's all around you. You can do it whenever you want, right? Um, I think that's what he was trying to get at, that man will always manipulate a situation to their own benefit, whether it's religion, politics, a family, a business, whatever it may be. And the fact that we need to stop and look at what our strengths and our weaknesses are, and until we know those, we can't really move forward with our own development.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. What's that got to do with chasing what's meaningful and not what's expedient?
1: Uh, because they're, uh, uh, cause cause they're putting their hand out to, to, to achieve what's easy. It's easy for someone to come and go, give me $50, instead of going work for $50. Now,
0: I think that also, uh, to uh, press upon your point, Chris, The introduction of, I I think Nietzsche and Dostoevsky and Carl Jung and uh, René Descartes in his speech yeah, it's mainly to say, because René Descartes was very well known for cogito ergo sum, the Latin to say, I think, therefore I am, that when people became very good at thinking, they realized that in Christianity, there's a lot of writings but not many people really following the things that they read and and hence Nietzsche was the one who said man has killed God because by not behaving the way the scriptures were saying what are you doing and I love the line in in, in, in the book where it says for Nietzsche and Dostoyevsky alike, freedom even the ability to act requires constraint and I think that's going to be a very good thing for us to discuss but we live in society today, right now, there's lockdown. There's a lot of angry people. There's a lot of things happening, and people want freedom. But you have a look at some of the things that they're doing. There is no restraint. It's all in. It's, I'll go out there and do whatever it takes to get my point across. And and what he's trying to say is, that could be something that is expedient. Let's sit down. Let, let's let just think about what you want to achieve and go for something that is meaningful, right? And, and I think that this is where he's put them in. But really, true in, in reality, the entire book could, not the entire book, the entire chapter could actually be resumed in the last four pages. Did you notice that? When you get to the, 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 the last four pages, if you if we were to really read that, this is when he's really trying to hurry to say, all right, this is what's meaningful. Meaning means this, meaning means that, right?
2: I think he is, Um, it says like the pleasure of expediency can be fleeting but it's still a pleasure nonetheless and it goes back to the fact that we talk about people will do things to gain pleasure or avoid pain and relating to where we're at at the moment in the world I think some people are just doing those immediately pleasure-seeking things because there's less of it at the moment so to get a little bit of it is making them you know, it's an exciting thing for them. Like something as simple as, hey, let's just go visit our family or let's go visit a friend. Um, But then a week later finds out that you've potentially become a close contact or become um, a positive case is actually, you know, it's then caused other um, implications just for that instant gratification.
0: Mm. I love when he says that meaning is the ultimate balance between chaos on the one hand, chaos of transformation, which he spoke about it uh, at the beginning, which is also possibility, but also the discipline of order, you know, of, of, of trying to produce something out of that chaos. And I think it's that balance. And, and hence, he's really asking people, it's okay to want all of these things. Just, just find meaning in the way you do these things. Don't just do it because, hey, I feel like uh, I'm angry. Now I'm gonna let people know and that's it. Just just find the meaning. And I, sometimes I am reminding myself, like, you know, do we punish our kids because we want to punish our kids? Do we punish our kids because we're trying to help them find a the meaning through their action? We don't just punish them to be expedient, because that will be easy. And, and, and I, I think as a human being, as an adult, that is very, very much upon us to think about our freedom, not just to want our freedom.
3: I think if we're going to use that example, TL, we probably do chase expedience sometimes when we're punishing our kids, because all we want is that behavior to stop. So. And losing your temper and yelling at a kid is the expedient way of getting
0: a message across, isn't it? It doesn't have a lot of meaning. No, that, that, that is of... not real parenting to me. I think real parenting to me is, and, and you know that we, we do that even with our team, that two wrong deeds sometimes need to be treated a bit differently. That two two wrong uh, actions sometimes call for a little bit more thinking about What's what's behind? What's the motive? What what? And where are we taking this person or that person to, you know, before you inflict it? So even though it was very, very hard, this chapter, I have to say I did enjoy it. I, I, I did enjoy it. I think I probably only understood like 5% of the chapter. <laughs> but, but, and I think it took me four bottles of wine, but I did enjoy it. I did. <laughs>
3: Oh, man. At
0: least he got me to, he forced me to really think about those little things that I used to read in the Bible, but he forced me to see it from a different angle, you know? Where do you put the book? Where do you put it on a level of if
3: someone's never read before to someone reads a 1,000 books a week, right, so both extremes? Who do you recommend the book to? Because, yeah. You're on, you're on mute. You're on mute again, man.
1: Living in the house for teenagers, Uh, (laughs) the thousand a week one, mate. I'm telling you, that's a hard book.
3: I don't know if it's at that extreme because there's there's books out there that are probably harder to read. But I I guess to someone who doesn't, I guess to people who wouldn't read often, it's probably as as, about as tough as it gets.
0: Yeah, but on the other hand, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, at least whoever's spending twenty bucks, they they really got value.
3: That's
0: true. Because it's going (laughs) to take them four years to read. (laughs) We you divide
3: that 20 by four years, it's five bucks a year, mate. That's good. That's
2: <laughs> a well, good man. investment. Good <laughs> value
3: for money.
1: Still still gratification. gratification. <laughs> yeah. They have to
3: read each chapter four times <laughs> to understand
1: the bloody things.
3: Yeah. Oh,
0: well, listen to it four times, eh, buddy? Yeah. Hey, it works for me, mate. It's true, though. You know, I, I read the first time and I did get it it was like, oh, what is this? Uh, but I got the, the beginning and I, I I love the picture in the beginning. And then and I'm going, all right, let's go through it again. And um, and then it, it still doesn't make sense. But as we speaking to between the four of us, things starting to fall into place. And I think that this is the one thing I love about reading books together. It's, the one line that uh, will come out from Cam, for example, that will just trigger something else that, that, I mean, I think that you gave us a very good start, Chris, the way that you really gave that, that condensed uh, version of your audio tape, it was almost like wrote uh, repetition of what you had just listened like 20 minutes ago. So it was, it, it was fantastic. It gave us a very good conclusion and summary. And I think this is not, No, I'm just joking. Not, you know that. I
3: don't think he's using Audible. I think he's using Blinkist because that breaks down all the books into what? four minutes. Oh, I didn't know that was uh, yeah, one. What's it called? Unha- <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, really? Now we know. Now we but know. Do it quicker.
3: I just wish I was in the same position as T.L. and Megan who had read the book before because when whoever suggested this was our book, I would have told just to get stuffed. But I didn't know what I was... That
1: was Miss Megs over there. Yeah. I'll tell you something, guys. You're bagging me about listening to the book, right? But the author is reading the book. And something in this chapter happened which you hadn't heard yet in the whole book. Those last four pages that you were talking about, Thomas, where he starts talking about... um, we're searching for something meaningful in life, it gets very emotional. You can hear it in his voice. It's actually quite inspiring to listen to those last four pages and just listen to how passionate this guy is talking about what he's written. It's amazing. Mm. But you three didn't hear that because you read it.
3: You're amazing, Chris.
1: <laughs> yes, I know.
0: What did that you got that made you uh, emotional as you said these last two lines? Say that again i i just saw a bit of emotion in you as you said the last two lines what is it
1: no i, I thought it was fantastic how how in the book he actually showed his emotion where, as he was reading it and it, the passion he had for something
3: mm. it
1: was it was great having that passion for something that you believe in and and reading it through and and because a lot of people reading an audiobook would have stopped and retaken or whatever but he, you could hear it in his voice coming out it's fantastic
2: I think very, when you do great. listen to an audiobook, when you listen to one that is narrated by the person who wrote it, you get so much more out of it. Um, yeah, I didn't realise he was the one that actually did that audio book. So maybe I might switch to that for next week.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I did it with a I'm going just to blink just it. it. Use the four
1: bottles of one down <laughs> to
3: one. They were doing... yeah, it's not a book, not a chapter you can pick up the night before I found out. Yeah, uh,
1: so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and can I tell you, I've I've gone into the next chapter as well, just briefly, and that's another one that's again.
0: Ah, uh, that's going to be my favourite. That's one of my biggest value. That's going to be my one of my favourite. I can
1: soul, Kingsgrove, so... Yeah. yeah Kingsgrove.
0: Stop lying. All right, guys. Thank you very much for today's chapter.
1: Thank you. Peace out.
0: See, See you guys. In See you in four bottles.
1: Okay. Bye. <laughs>